I have got to climb out of the durst hole, David. This place is terrible. We've, we've been in the durst hole for an hour now. <laughs> they dug too deep and too greedily into durst hole. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. Weird energy because I have an ear infection right now. This is, yeah, the, my, my, this is the infection cast. My poor, poor boy <laughs> and his ear. <laughs> we're good. We're, we're trooping. We're trooping through. Yeah, we're trooping and we're trooping and gooping. And so I'm, I'm glad we're, we're here featuring <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, trooping and gooping featuring Gwyneth Paltrow as she introduces goop products to our frontline troops. <laughs> Whoa. I think that's the, I think that's the that's the show right there, right? I think so. Yeah, I didn't know that the troops really needed a lot of exposure to goop. If I'm being honest, but I am interested in what she's going to bring to the table. I mean, I'm sure that she has like some really interesting like restorative gels for like their hands or their face if they're out in, like the sand or the or the snow or something for too long. I just feel like so much of her product revolves around the Yanni, and so I'm not really sure that like. <laughs> that she's gonna have a lot for for the 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 male troops you know she's going exclusively for the female troops who the who do the boys get then who is the the male equivalent of gwyneth paltrow i think it's got to be joe right it's got to be our boy joe oh wow you're 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 pretty right on that one because he's usually selling something yeah he, like supplements he or something some that weird are gonna... supplement that's like crushed up bull bones in it or something to <laughs> make you super spirit. strong it's <laughs> the spirit of a gorilla in in capsule form it's just whippets <laughs> yeah just do whippets and you'll get big like me this one's a gorilla this one's a crocodile this one's a lion you can tell because of the color on the the inhaler i guess you can tell by the way that i scream afterwards <laughs> <laughs> by the thum that comes out of someone <laughs> But you will know which animal it was by my foom. <laughs> uh, hey, it's Video Game Podgemism. It's the Optimus uh, video game variety show where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of goop. Uh, oh, my oh, name man. is Chase. Uh, my name is David. And I feel like that might actually be a show already or a book yeah, or a podcast. It probably is. We'll get sued by somebody. We'll see who it is. Oh, Gwyneth, please don't. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Gwyneth. I think it's going to be somebody else who like, they're a <laughs> like franchisee of Goop. Goop CEO. <laughs> Goop EO. That sounds like Rufio now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool band, Rufio. Well, I was talking about the character from Hook, but yes. so is So was the band, actually. They were also talking about the character from Hook. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, David, yes. have you been playing video games? I have been. Yeah, me too. I feel like last week we did not bring games because we were so busy playing video games in person, but like video games are back for me. Yeah, we've we've made our, our swift and sweet return to video games. Yeah, it's so cool. They're still here and they're still, I'd say, pretty, pretty good. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. still, I, I quite enjoyed the games I played this week, actually. You want to tell me about those? Uh, I do. Sick. I played and beat MGS2, which we will talk Hell about yeah. in depth on the podcast. So At I just, length. I just wanted to say in advance, this game is very good. Yeah. And we will we will have a big old podcast for everybody on that one in the future, sometime soon, I would think. I have so many things to say about this video game, David. It's it's pretty interesting. Just call Every... just call in his shot, Hideo. Oh my god, yeah. Just like the the amount of 
prescient thought in in the game yeah is bananas this is further proof that hideo's from the future i think so or at least the team that made the game yeah (laughs) it's it's bananas i feel like every time i think i'm ready to record the podcast i do some other like wikipedia dive onto just like a school of thought (laughs) <laughs> that that Hideo was bringing so it's yep. it's gonna be it's gonna be good i'm excited for that episode yeah it's gonna be a good one um also very excited to start playing mgs3 because that was my first one of the series i want to see right. how, it, how it aged yeah but anyways i've also been playing turnip boy commits tax evasion <laughs> oh hell yeah i i saw this one come out this is a 22 release yeah this is pretty recent i'm not sure pretty sure it's 22 this is, is this on game pass it's on game pass yeah it's a 2020 release in 2020? fact 2020 for real? I think it I think it just came to Game Pass kind of recently mm. though. I heard uh Jason Schreier talk about it on Triple Click a while, a while back and he seemed to like it. He seemed to think it was pretty good. I like this game. Nice. This game oh, is yeah. fun. It's micro itty bitty sized. You can do like the whole game plus get the true ending which is pretty easy to get in like Mm -hmm. three hours okay but they put a lot of love and care into this game even though it's so short Mm -hmm. uh just meant that they can make the world still feel very rich and full and just like have silly little jokes and asides that you know even though it's a a short game doesn't make it feel weak in a way right it's Mm -hmm. it still feels like a very robust experience even though it's like i said itty bitty bite-sized but a lot of fun pretty straightforward combat very self-aware of video games within this game you know it's like when you get your first sword the place you walk into is in the woods and it's like shaped exactly like when you get the master sword (laughs) in zelda so yeah it it just has other little asides to video games as a whole Mm -hmm. as well throughout there you know like uh had one where it was like oh here's a trophy and on the bottom it's just like a little flavor text of reward the player for doing something to keep them engaged just yeah. like oh someone is someone went to to school for this <laughs> <laughs> game design theory right there yeah, for sure and it, it's it's just a fun silly game you know you just you go around you can interact with and pick up letters and books and stuff and the only option you ever have to interact with them is rip it besides read it you can't just put it back down <laughs> so in the beginning you're like talking to these two people in town because there's a lot of other uh sentient uh fruit and vegetables around mm-hmm. and the blueberry is like hey can you go tell the strawberry that i like her and you you go over and you tell the strawberry that the strawberry's like cool can you go tell the blueberry that i like her and here's a, a note to tell her about that and you like look at it and you read it and then you just rip it up right in front of them and they're just like well that wasn't very nice and that's just the end of it <laughs> just like you end so many things just by ripping it up like leases yeah. whole ass books you just rip it up about tax <laughs> like uh how to how to do your taxes just big yeah. old books autographs like in front of these people it's it's just <laughs> pretty funny kind of like chaos neutral experience that you're forced to do in this video game <laughs> that's just, funny. what's what's the craziest thing i do right now just rip it right up in front of them yeah uh it's very much kind of like an anarchist nihilist game in a mm-hmm. way in the way that it's like talking about things i feel sure but it's it's interesting it's funny very irreverent uh and i i also really appreciated the music too i thought the music was really? pretty deep in this okay. one which was surprising nice. to me but yeah. it makes sense if you're you know working a long time on a game but it's only two and a half hours long you can put more effort into everything else that goes into making it feel rich mm-hmm. but no i really enjoyed this one yeah yeah it was a good game nice mm-hmm. i'm like i'm tempted to go play because i have heard a lot about it and like god i just love a good short game that's always just so incredible it's real quick yeah it reminded me of garden story if garden story was like chaotic yeah. <laughs> i liked garden story a lot too yeah i remember you was, were you were into that one yeah yeah i i, I may have to give it a try like especially because hey game pass you know cool cool what else <laughs>
<laughs> I've also been playing Escape Academy. Escape Academy? Yes. Do this I know is what this the, is? This is the escape room oh, game yeah. on Game Pass. Is this any good? I'm quite enjoying it. I'm playing with Mallory, so yeah. it's two-player. Oh, nice. So it's actually, as someone who's done a lot of escape rooms, yeah. it gets pretty close to how nice. an escape room feels. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, of course, can do things like... Oh, the room's filling up with water or, you know, there's blades and shit. So it gets a little bit more intense than a regular escape room can, which mm -hmm. is fun. You know, it's, there's no physical threat of harm. So it's right. just figure out the puzzle. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. There's a silly story, it seems like, uh, in the background. Um, I, I would say they're kind of setting it almost up, like story-wise, like an RPG. Mm -hmm. But there's no RPG, like elements in the game. Right. But it's like you're sw you're whisked off to this academy after you mm -hmm. beat an escape room in the real world your your normal neighborhood because mm -hmm. you did so well and you escape like the room and then you have to escape from the escape room like building which was mm -hmm. cool i enjoyed that right um like that'd be a good idea for an actual escape room but yeah. then there's just that uh, just a wacky cast of characters there's jeb who's a big old maintenance man <laughs> <laughs> just always great to have a guy named Jeb in a game. For sure, yeah. <laughs> and the headmistress is cool. Like, one of her missions, like, to get into the exam is, like, find out my name. You just have to, like, go through her office and find different clues as to what her three-name three, three name, name is. Yeah. Like, her full name. So, that's, that was tight. And then there's... Nice. Also, your kind of frenemy rival as well. So I'm interested to see where, how deep and how far this game goes. I feel mm -hmm. like it's it might have the ability to lose steam at some point because mm -hmm. it just seems like it's disconnected levels. There's not much of an actual story, it seems, yet. And we've probably been playing for a couple hours. Sure, yeah. But the actual gameplay is fun. You know, just looking around, kind of poking at things, mm -hmm. trying to interact with things, trying to figure out the puzzles. And the puzzles are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they're fun. They, they definitely feel like they are... Sometimes they're easy and sometimes they're challenging, which is, I think, a good mix of things to do in an in escape room. So it feels like you're always yeah. having forward progress and then you kind of hit these higher ones that, are, that aren't like so hard, but you can figure it out. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I think it has a good grasp on what makes an escape room fun. Yeah. Lots of doors, lots of hidden doors, right. lots of good mix of difficulty for the, uh, for the puzzles. And I think they've done a good job at actually timing them out. You know, it feels like yeah. there's definitely you were feeling the time crunch sometimes. Do they... Do they make advantage of the fact that, like, this is a digital game? Like, are you doing shit in the escape rooms that you could not do in real life? Not in not in the effect that, you know, you're doing, like, superhero power stuff or, like, yeah. anything crazy like that. Um, mm -hmm. It's been more just, like I said, there's, an ep there's a level where the water is rising. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a level with, like, all sorts of crazy technology that you have to interact with to do it. Like, none of that stuff would actually ever happen in a real escape room. Right, yeah. But there's nobody's, nobody's, like, jumping or flying or, you know, there's no portals or anything at least yet yeah so yeah. who knows but yeah no it's it's fun it's still somewhat grounded in reality mm -hmm. so we'll see if it gets crazy oh the last one was actually really good it was like an escape mission so you had to mm -hmm. like guide your headmaster or mistress through a boat like a prison boat to rescue mm -hmm. one of the other teachers who's been captured yeah. Yeah. because there's like evil anti-escape scientists in the world who are sure. capturing folks yeah and you had to like command her through and like figure things out uh on your end to like hack stuff and then send her the code. It's actually really a lot of fun. That one was really cool. That's cool. It's it sounds neat. It does sound like it's doing shit that like you wouldn't necessarily be able to do in like a real life escape room. So it's cool yes. that they're taking advantage of the fact that like this is a digital experience mm -hmm. and we can do shit that you wouldn't be able to do in real life. I, I think that's neat. No, it's fun. You should see if Emily Alice will play it. Yeah, for sure. I, I it's think just like puzzles. Those, 
it's fun yeah exactly those kind of like cooperative puzzle experiences are definitely shit that like it's really fun to do in a co-op way because i mean the same sort of draw that an escape room is because mm-hmm. like everybody's kind of chewing on like what's going on and then everyone can go and find something to do yeah yeah, yeah. it's cool i've also kind of been playing an escape room game so this is this is neat Ooh, nice mm-hmm. okay and i've been playing one other one other game chase what's your other game david well you see i finished mzs2 and i was like yeah. i was missing hideo oh sure that that Ooh. that special brand of hideo-ness that a that he can only bring to a game. So you're playing Space Knots, the 1986 <laughs> or whatever game. Uh, you mean Police Knots, Chase? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You've been knocked down 10 ranks in the Hideo Kojima fan club yeah. for this transgression. I'll, I'll just go ahead and hand in my Hideo card. <laughs> it's over. It's close. It was close. No, I've been playing Death Stranding. Let's go, David. This game's good so far. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild. I'm enjoying I'm, I'm, it. I'm glad that it lands well on you because it didn't land well for me initially, like the first time I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, where where are you in the game? Actually, that's a I guess spoilers tags for Death Stranding right now. But I'm just about to take mom, my president mama, up the up the mountain. She's strapped okay. to my back. Yeah. I just yep. got her. So we'll see what happens. I'm I I mean I'm early on in the game right now, but I've having yeah. so much fun just experiencing it because mm-hmm. most of it's been cutscenes so far. But when it's this well like directed, yeah, and the world is so well thought out and engaging. Mm-hmm. Like this is just like an awesome semi-interactive film that I've been yeah. kind of interacting with so far, which is a great experience, honestly. Yeah, especially if you do it well. And you know, everyone, I, I've seen all the the criticism criticism of it, saying it's a, a walking simulator or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a little unfair. This is a it's, backpacking it's selling simulator. It this is a cross-country <laughs> backpacking simulator. So for anyone who's actually ever done that would know that those are not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to You're like, managing trek shit. across a space. Yeah. Yeah. So I do find that they've found an interesting way to gamify backpacking. Yeah, for yeah, sure. To make it interesting where you have to like plan out where you're going. Mm-hmm. You're going to walk down. So yeah, it's it's fun. It's interesting. The graphics are amazing. Yeah, it looks insane. This The world that Hideo has made up with this is really engaging sci-fi right now for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just... I have no idea where this story is going to go, but I'm excited to experience it. It definitely goes somewhere. I was like worried in the beginning that it was just kind of like meandering. Yeah. And it like kind of does that in the way that I think a lot of Hideo Kojima games do, but like it really says some shit by the end of it. Okay, cool. I wouldn't say as much as Metal Gear Solid 2, but it is fun, like the the story that he tells. I feel like a lot of the, the stuff so far has been a bit on the nose, like America's ended. Yes, yeah. We can all, we have to bring back America together. We talk about this country's done for. I'm Norman Reedus. <laughs> yeah the anti-president it it is a little on the nose and like i think it's it's also shocking to consider that this game i think it'd come out in 2018 or 2019 and then your is from the future that's what i'm saying like the experience of playing this even after you know the the quarantine era of covid is wild to see him like this person whose whole job is just like getting stuff from one place to another because there's a fucked up like kind of airborne disease that's gonna like kill people is shocking you know like it's it's pretty wild to experience i think i think i played this in like 2020 or 2021 and like it hit pretty hard just for like the the setup of the world Mm -hmm. but yeah i 
I really like this game. Oh, like all in all. So I'm, I'm interested to see where, where you land with it. Yeah. I think it, it does relax a little bit on the cutscene heavy stuff. The farther in you get, like, mm-hmm. I think sort of like the middle 60% of the game is a lot of just like playing the game. Sure. And I like, if you're enjoying the sort of like traversal part of it, it does like that still continues and is still really fun throughout. Mm-hmm. It becomes a little less onerous as time goes on. Like, I feel like initially I was just like tripping and falling all the fucking time Mm -hmm. and like could not get anywhere and eventually like you know you're able to like balance your shit a little bit better and like it just gets easier to play yeah you have more options with how to like get from one place to another balancing is hard it's hard yeah you just got to hold down them triggers the whole time Mm -hmm. but yeah i i I think it's like a pretty astounding game and like goes places that i was not expecting it to yeah okay well i'm excited to try it i'm probably like yeah maybe an hour Mm -hmm. two or two maybe into it yeah that makes sense i i feel like after the mission that you're on is when it sort of like picks up a little bit sure um and you start being able to do like many missions at once and you have like a bunch of stuff that can get delivered and all that so mm-hmm. it's really cool I, I i love the take on the world that they have it's like initially kind of sad to be there right mm-hmm. like it's a pretty desolated world overall but i think that there is like an optimism in there that you find in stuff like breath of the wild where like it's kind of a post-apocalyptic space but like there is a human optimism there that i think is kind of encouraging Mm -hmm. and nice to experience yeah just because i think a lot of i don't know a lot of like forward looking science fiction can often be incredibly apocalyptic and like inherently post-apocalypse is but it is kind of a nice take on sci-fi when it's like we think that there is something beyond you know the world changing in a significant way Mm -hmm. which uh you know feels kind of comforting in yeah (laughs) in in, In our present times yes exactly so i sort of like when when games that are post-apocalyptic or sci-fi say like yes this is a change world but there's still like a lot of good um and especially when you're playing as norman reedus who like is doing a lot of good Mm -hmm. despite being kind of like not bitter but you know sort of reluctant to do yeah he's he's pretty disillusioned that's true it's a good game i'm i'm very excited to see you play more of this all right i'm ready for it hell yeah pray to strand those deaths get those deaths all stranded (laughs) out <laughs> but that's it. That's all I've been playing. Nice, cool. Can I tell you about some video games? Yeah, tell me, please. Regale me with your with your tales. I got two video games for you, David. Yeah. The first of which, the Escape Room game, kind of. Okay. It is the 2002 remake of Resident Evil One, David. <laughs> <laughs> Are you playing this on the PlayStation Network thing? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was just kind of poking around the like collection of games that the PlayStation Premium thing has. Uh-huh. And I saw that this was on there and was like, hey, I would like to play this. Uh, because A, I like Resident Evil a lot, like just the series itself. Mm-hmm. And I had also played this one, the remake, in 2002. I think I played it on GameCube. It's a 2002 and remake of a game? It's a 20-year-old remake of a game? <laughs> yes, of a game that came out in 1996. So Damn. It was 20-year-old was... remake of a 25-year-old game. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like that specifically is a really bizarre way of playing this game. Because like at this point, because it's been so long since either of those games have come out, they've it feels like a similar amount of time, right? Like Mm -hmm. the difference between 2002 and 1996 in hindsight now is like, it seems not that far apart because it's so long ago. Yeah. And so it's really weird to play this like game that was, I think intended to just be like kind of a graphical update so that other people could play it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reading the like Wikipedia about it and uh, uh, yeah, Shinji Mikami had said like, I would like to, instead of updating code Veronica, I would like to make a remake of the first one because the first game like looks so bad now 
Mm-hmm. But again, which is so bizarre to like hear that and like this game, I, I think there it is doing incredible stuff with the visuals, but like it doesn't look as good as, you know, modern stuff. So obviously, of course, right, came out on fucking GameCube. So like it is a truly bizarre experience to play this out of the context of the moment. So this game overall, I think is like really fun and I'm really enjoying it. I think that is partially because I do like a lot of the Resident Evil games mm-hmm. um, and I have such like fond, strong memories of the first game, like playing that with my dad and my brother and like just being truly scared shitless of this game like <laughs> so so frightened mm-hmm. of what is going on in resident evil i like i may have mentioned this on the pod before but like i was playing the the 1996 version with my brother and like something in my dad's old busted house uh, like cracked and creaked in the other room and i uh-huh. was like oh fuck what is that because like it's they're time here. they're here and my brother like picks up a flashlight and is like let's go find out and i'm like dude no i am not leaving this room for anything <laughs> How old were you? 96. So if I was playing it that year, I was six mm-hmm. or if the year after seven. So like a boy, you know, yeah, young. So, uh, yeah, I, I just have such strong memories of it that like it, it's hard not to want to relive that game and even a remake of that game. Uh, I, I will say that like just on the face of it, the acting is like unhinged and bananas <laughs> in, in a way that is like good way. I, I think in a good way. And it, it, it's again, very bizarre because I know that they're trying to update it for like a modern era, but I think in, in good and bad ways, it is adhering to the, the like stylistic and directional decisions that they made in the first game. So like what I mean by that is the backgrounds are all pre-rendered still. Mm-hmm. They just look like wildly better than they do in the PS1 game, right? Like, sure. So pre-rendered backgrounds meaning like the game itself isn't rendered in like physical 3D. It's just like kind of a painting that you're walking around a lot of the times, at least in the background. And then like your characters in 3D and like some of the objects are in 3D. But like by and large, a lot of it is just this like static painting of the you know the spencer mansion Mm -hmm. which i think in hindsight works really well for me it feels like it is a intentional decision after they've remade it like in the first one it's like we want to make this game look good how do we do that that's a like a hardware decision to say well we can't render all this cool stuff we want to do so let's just like put a jpeg of a mansion behind you and let you like walk (laughs) around on it and see if we can't make that look good. And so by doing that again and intentionally, it, it feels very much like they are still sort of adhering to that design decision. I think it's really cool. It like looks good to me because mm-hmm. of that. Um, there are parts of it that look like really like, wow, that's like really good. And uh, because like a lot of the shadows and stuff aren't dynamic, they're static. You can make them look really good and really moody, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to worry about like, is this person's TV going to be perfect enough to render the shadow correctly? It's like, we've got an image and we can tell whether or not that looks good most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it, it looks really good. Like I posting about this on Twitter, but like there's a lot of stuff in this game that I think adds to the horror of it Mm -hmm. specifically i will say too the camera angles are just chef's kiss with these fucking camera angles david oh my god they're doing it for you huh it it i I think it's really good i think i might be a static camera angle defender i could see it because like after resident evil 4 a lot of the decisions about how to or where to place the camera have essentially been it's either going to be over their shoulder or first person Mm -hmm. and both of those things come with advantages and disadvantages right like uh first person is a deeply personal and like tense experience right like Mm -hmm. 
the recent Biohazard game and Resident Evil Village are all like very scary because you're just like right up in it. The the horror is very in your face. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the static camera angle stuff, it's like they are using the where to put the camera to be scary. And a lot of that is just like their good decision making and how to like block what you're able to see like mm-hmm. literally blocking like in a movie right and and for uh, to for an example of that like the very first zombie that you encounter in Resident Evil 1 you like come in through this uh like big dining hall mm-hmm. into one of these like side hallways and you, there's like a very iconic cutscene that plays of a zombie like eating a dude and then like kind of turning around to look at you and from there the camera pulls back to where it was before and the wall that the that you can't see beyond is covering up where the zombie is Mm. and you know that because your character's kind of like reacting to it i was playing as jill valentine this time and she's like kind of like worried and if you back up they're like putting their hands up to like keep the zombie away from you but you can't fucking see it and so the game is like already messing with you of Mm -hmm. like we're not always going to show you where the horror is yeah It, it makes the mansion and the game itself feel oppressive in a way that works really well for a horror game hiding the scary stuff from mm-hmm. you is is very scary the suggestion of something scary is oftentimes scarier yes yeah exactly and i think that works really really well for horror games whereas like with the 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 more modern uh remakes of like resident evil 2 and resident evil 3 which i will talk about in a moment mm-hmm. they put the camera behind you uh oftentimes it feels like the horror of those games is relying more on the very terrifying like lighting that it's doing where it's like sort of hiding shit in the shadows from you um mm-hmm. which is to be fair also scary but like it, it is a different kind of horror and i think one that feels more visceral because like i know what it's like to not be able to see something in the dark mm-hmm. but i think that there is something interesting when they are structuring the mansion to feel like it is just as scary as the zombie around the corner like it's too tight in here i can't see around these fucking corners i don't know where the next big bad thing is gonna pop out from Mm -hmm. and it's not like a jump scare it's just like i don't know what shit the next room is gonna hold that's gonna try and kill me you know Mm -hmm. and so i think that it's it's really cool a lot of the camera angles are they they both intentionally hide shit from you and they're also just like composed really well Mm -hmm. there's a lot of them where you're like going down a set of stairs and the camera's like tilted and so it looks like you're kind of like walking down this like spiral fucked up staircase right Mm -hmm. if you're walking through a graveyard it'll put the camera behind like a set of uh, metal bars and so you're like running by it essentially other rooms that you'll come into where the very first camera angle that you're presented with is Jill Valentine just staring at the fucking camera, which is like also like unsettling, unsettling. Yeah. Like all of it just feels very unsettling in a way that I really like. And I, I don't really know that uh, the the current games have that specific brand of scary. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't, I don't think either of those are necessarily better, but I do like what fixed camera angles can do for a horror game. We talked about this a little bit with Silent Hill 1 and like how that game made good use of some static camera angles too. Yeah. I feel like a good indie developer could make like a good, I don't know, static camera horror game, right? Because if it <laughs> yeah. is like just easier to do. Yeah, there was there was something in one of the horror demo discs that came out a year or two ago that was like essentially that, like you're some little girl just like running away from like a terrifying monster. Mm-hmm. A couple of Bryce B's games do that. There was this one that you like show up at a motel or something and it felt very Resident Evil as well. Mm-hmm. 
but uh yeah i i I think it works really well that does come with the drawback that like tank controls are a necessary evil yeah Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that is tank controls are essentially a way of controlling the character where if you press up on the directional pad or the the stick that moves them forward regardless of where they are on the screen Mm -hmm. and so it's like you are pressing to move forward rather than to go like up from your perspective yeah it takes a second to get used to Yes, and it works for fixed camera angles because like it can switch between a couple of different perspectives and you will always still be moving forward versus like there there's an alternate control scheme in this one that is the default where it you just sort of move whatever direction your control stick goes in, but every mm. time the camera angle changes, you kind of have to like reset what direction you're moving cuz sure. if you're moving down towards the camera and then it switches to behind you, suddenly like that is not down anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of disorienting in a bad way where I'm doing shit that I don't intend to. Sure. And so I changed it back to 10 controls and it felt a lot better. I like played through the rest of the game that way. Yeah, I, I just think it's really good. I like that they have gone with the design decisions that the first one went with without it feeling like a hardware constraint again. Sure. I'm really interested if they try to redo this one um, because I know that there's been some rumblings about like, well, they did Resident Evil 2 and 3 and they're going to do 4. So like, Mm -hmm. why not do 1 as well? Yeah. And I don't know, like I'm interested to see if that would still hit as hard. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is some amount of magic in the the parts that they've put together here. Sure. And like, you know, not that's that's not to say this game is perfect. Like like I said, the acting is bizarre and otherworldly. A lot of the times, like I, I had to look up a lot of shit in the puzzles of like, how am I supposed to do this? I just do not understand. Mm-hmm. And like some of them are like, okay, I probably would have gotten that if I stared at this for another 10 minutes. Other ones that's are like what I'm there for. Yeah, that's not what I'm there for. Like, I kind of just want to experience this and see like what they have around each corner rather than like, what is the the color coded combination that I need to unlock this door or whatever. Yeah. There's a <laughs> there's one puzzle later in the game where you have to mix together like different chemicals to like get this chemical that will kill a boss without having to like shoot it. And so like there's an option to not do it, but I was like, I would like to know. And like in no world would I would have figured this out. It would have taken me so fucking long. Not to mention a lot of the the like saving system feels incredibly punitive in a way that I don't think modern games necessarily would do if this was released today and like feels very outdated as a result you know you have the uh ink ribbon wheels or whatever that you have to use to save and you can run out of those at some point if you save too much mm-hmm. and oftentimes if you're not saving frequently enough you'll die and go back and be like oh my god i can't believe i haven't saved since you know whatever and so like that part of it feels outdated in a way that doesn't feel like oh interesting look at how they used to do this this is cool now it's like that's painful and kind of sucks and like i don't really know the advantage of that like i think the game is still tense enough without the threat of you having to maybe go back and do some shit over again mm-hmm. i i know that it's I, I suspect the intent is to ratchet up the uh, uh the tension of like i really hope i don't die here um because yeah. i'm gonna have to go back really far and i it feels like a threat that i don't really want them to ever execute on you know like Mm -hmm. just it's totally cool if you put me outside the room where i died i still don't want to (laughs) die you know like yeah i still don't want to have to do that so yeah don't make me do all that over again no there was a there's a part later where you're like trying to not get killed by this gigantic shark named neptune and neptune uh, or niptune neptune okay i I heard niptune for a second i was like excuse me (laughs) it's a very weird off brand of chiptune very weird (laughs) genre of music (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh you have to like just do this puzzle before it comes crashing through one of these windows and like the puzzle is nonsensical you essentially just have to run around the room and like pull a bunch of levers until it like works right mm-hmm. and uh i died so many times doing that oh, and the the first of which was like oh my god i am so far back right now mm-hmm. but I, I think you know if you know that going into it it is a lot easier to work around it this is reminding me of another game i played this past week that i forgot oh, really? about oh hell yeah For, finish your thing though first yeah, yeah no worries so anyway i uh, I beat this game over the weekend. It's like about 10 hours. So like not a short game, I would say, but you know, not gigantic. Mm-hmm. It felt long. Like I was playing through it and I was like, surely I'm getting towards the end of this game by now. Mm-hmm. And it still went on probably another like three or four hours after that. Wow. And so like, I think that there are reasons for that that I'll talk about in a moment. But uh, overall, I I still think it's a really good game. It's just like, I thought going back to it they're like oh i'm really interested in like the lore of resident evil and like that was not at all my experience this time because like it's just so ridiculous and like wesker is so clearly the bad guy in this one nobody like operates like a normal human (laughs) you're wandering around with this guy named barry if you're playing with jill and like every time they run into each other they're like oh i don't know what's going on in here despite like shooting many zombies at this point like Mm -hmm. they're clearly undead monsters like oh what's a this place is pretty spooky, huh? And then the end result of that conversation every time is we better split up and look around. Yeah. It's never, we should definitely not leave each other. And like spoilers, there's kind of a reason for that, but like, it's still so bizarre. Like I would assume that Jill at least would be like, fuck no, I need to like, we need to stick together because this place is literally trying to kill us. So like, let's not do that. But every time they're like, okay, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just whole, totally bizarre, but Weird. it's it's worth a try. I think like it, because it's on the PlayStation thing. Like if anybody's interested in it, like it is. I, I think there is still a lot to love about it, especially if you're interested in like the the horror genre of video games. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would do well with a a remaster right now? Um, I think it would do different things well. Hmm. Let me uh, we you can speak to your your other thing that you played, but let me let me just jump onto one other thing real quick because uh-huh. this is a perfect segue. Sure, I've also been playing Resident Evil Two the 2019 version didn't you already play that (laughs) i have already played this okay i was just so interested because like this game came out or the resident evil 1 remake came out in 2002 this one was 2019 so pretty recently Uh uh-huh and they just kind of wanted to compare them against each other directly like i beat resident evil 2 or 1 and immediately downloaded resident evil 2 because i was like i gotta i gotta get in there while it's fresh Mm -hmm. and there it's it's very bizarre playing these two right next to each other i think that there's definitely a lot to love about this game Mm. the most obvious of which is just like it looks fucking incredible it is astounding how good this game looks like just totally crazy realistic shit going on i also think they did a pretty good job of like redoing resident evil 2 without like just totally one-to-one remaking it Mm -hmm. a lot of the shit is the same but i think they took a little bit of a different direction with a couple of the characters that i think like benefit the game a lot like leon is a lot more of a realistic person in this one sure rather than just like super cop super super rookie cop you know yeah and so i, th- I think a lot of that stuff is really cool like i said though they do take the camera and put it behind your shoulder and so like the suddenly the horror of this game is really different yeah it feels a lot more like a last of us approach where like you are feeling the scariness of these monsters who are breathing down your neck and like kind of turns into a shooting gallery at some point rather mm-hmm. than like what horrors does this does this police station hold for me yeah 
Yeah. So, it's less about, it's more actiony, less exploration. Yes. Yeah. And like th- I was just going to mention in comparison to Resident Evil 1, there is still sort of this like puzzle box approach to the game mm-hmm. where the first one does a really good job of like the mansion is just so dense and like there's so many doors that are locked. There's so many puzzles that you don't know what to do with. And like the mansion itself lasts for like hours and hours and hours of you like wandering through and checking shit and getting access to a new area. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one does it too, but I think it's a lot different it's a lot easier i would say like you kind of only have like one direction you can go for a little while and then you get a number of items that you're like okay i remember i can use the crank over here and the battery over there mm-hmm. and you know do xyz and it's like pretty clear what you need to be doing which you know for somebody who had to look up a lot of how to do the other game is welcome right like i think it's it's a little bit more obvious but it does take away from that sensation of like this place is impenetrable yeah it's just sort of like i i know what i need to do here i just need to go do it Mm -hmm. it uh it also makes like just incredible use of the map system where if you click on the map and the room is still red there's like still something in there that you can get and if it's blue there's no more items here you don't have to keep searching that's great like oh my god it did it did that in resident evil 1 too which i was really surprised by that Mm. like they were doing it back then as well but like oh my god it's so useful like my my FOMO, my item FOMO is just like kind of calmed a little bit when I'm like, there's no more bullets in here. I don't need to worry about that anymore. I don't need need any more of my inventory in here. We're good. Speaking of which, holy shit, I didn't even touch on the inventory in the first one. So bananas. Like bananas, like in a bad way? Yes. I didn't love the inventory system in one. Like oh, no. so often it was like, why why make me have to run back to my box to do this? Like mm-hmm. I I do understand when there is a scarcity of bullets and you kind of have to like pick and choose, am I gonna carry more bullets? Am I gonna uh, carry more healing items? And like there's a trade-off there. But when it's like a key item, like literally a key, and like mm. I just didn't bring it with me, I'm like, oh my god, this is so stinky. I hate this. It just feels so like again punitive for no reason i hate this i hate this (laughs) this stinky um whereas of the year (laughs) whereas with resident evil 2 it's still making you manage your inventory but they're very upfront being like have a little bit more inventory there's like hit packs that you can get pretty early Mm -hmm. to increase your inventory size and uh yeah they they just make it a lot easier i will say that the resident evil 2 remake like is incredibly gruesome at times in a way that like isn't always super fun Mm -hmm. like i think that there there's a little bit more i don't know again we talked about this with silent hill but i think like the the suggestion of something terrible happening is uh more scary than like literally seeing somebody's jaw get ripped off you know like yeah yeah it is a different kind of scary to like see all that in like nearly photorealistic display Mm -hmm. and like in a way that i don't always love like you'll come around a corner and be like leon will just walk up to some dude who's like head is torn in half or something and be like ugh. i'm like this is i don't think i don't know if i need this you know you gross you sticky and like i i get that that's a decision right like they're trying to freak you out but like there's it I think for whatever reason, gore and like, like very physical, realistic violence doesn't always jive for me. Yeah. Whereas again, with like something where it's like Resident Evil 1, Resident, uh, the uh, original Resident Evil 2, it's just, it's pixels. And so it's not as easy to distinguish like, oh, I can see the point where his jaw ripped, you know, like it's just like, it's, he's fucked up. There's a big, 
bloody nasty mess over there. Yeah, it's like if a surgeon looked at this, they'd be able to identify the different muscle bellies that are <laughs> yes. meticulously rendered into this. Yes, exactly. And so, like, it, I don't know. It's just it, it can be kind of bracing sometimes to be playing through it and then like just come up on like some genuinely horrifying shit. And like again, I it's it's adding to the horror. I think just in a way that makes my stomach turn rather than makes me scared. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I will say that something this game does really well that the first one. I think does great, but this one is definitely firing on all cylinders is the sound design of it. It is oftentimes like incredibly disorienting where something is mm-hmm. because they've they've got good sound design to the point where it's like, is this the monster screaming down the hallway in front of me or is it behind me? I can't really tell. And it's not in a way where it's just coming from all directions. It's like it sounds like it's over here, mm. but like, is that just it hitting the wall and bouncing around or whatever? Yeah. Like. Can I, I trust think it, this? Yes, yeah, exactly. And so I think that's really well done. Again, especially for a horror game, it's 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 really fun to not know where the monster is. Mm-hmm. I I'm so mixed on Mister X in this game, <laughs> the big the big boy <laughs> who's just sort of you. like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna give it to you. So mm-hmm. it's it's just essentially this big monster who chases you around the uh, police station with a trench coat. With the trench coat, yeah. Spookiest part. It's, what are it's, you hiding, it's, Mr. X? <laughs> I think you do get to see what's under there eventually. Mm. There's a uh, romantic Is he starting scene. in OnlyFans? <laughs> um, you can subscribe to his Raccoon City OnlyFans, oh, raccoon-based. So, uh, anyway, it's like it adds to the horror for a little while, and other times I'm just like, I'm just here to do the puzzle, man. Like, mm-hmm. can you leave me alone for two minutes? Because when I'm like running across the police station, it's scary because it's like, fuck, I need to find a way around him to get to the place. But it's like, okay, I'm in the room and I'm like doing the puzzle to unlock the man's hand who's holding a scepter that has a gem in it. I don't need Mr. X to come up here and muck that up because I'm just going to come back to this room. So like, leave me alone, dog. What if he just played exhibit when he busted through? Would that make it better? <laughs> yeah, honestly, that would make it pretty fucking good. If you, it's like kind of muffled on the outside. Yeah. And he, you hear him coming down the hallway. It's like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> the door just comes crashing open with his big ass boombox that he's holding. <laughs> He'll take you one hand. No problem. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'm still really enjoying this. I think this is a supremely playable video game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's totally fun to just pop it open like it it is buttery smooth it looks incredible it like plays very well like the shooting feels very good and Mm -hmm. like modern i don't know if that always adds to the horror aspect to it but it like it's it's just so easy to pop it on and play and uh, I, i think that's a combination of how good it feels to play but also just like the map is really good and the inventory is really good to always kind of give you a direction of like i think i know what i need to do next Mm -hmm. you know i have these key items and I remember this room had a crank that I couldn't turn until I got this piece or whatever. Yeah. So it's good. I, I I enjoy both of them for sure. And it's it's really fun to revisit this, like, I would say pretty iconic horror genre game. Like, I think Resident Evil was kind of the scary game for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool to be able to pick apart and point at, like, what about that still works and what doesn't. So, yeah. I'm I'm loving it, oh, David. Yeah. Oh, McDonald's plug right there. That's a little uh, arch card plug for all you real <laughs> real Ron heads. I was about to say Chase is gunning for some arch cards right now. 
Yeah, I, if anybody needs to send me a $1 arch card, I will buy some nuggets with that. Can you buy nuggets with $1? Um, Probably not. I wonder if you could buy like one nugget with $1. That sounds about right. Uh, I will exchange this for one nugget, sir. How many Ron coins will this this one uh, buck arch card 5, get 5,000. If it moons, <laughs> you you done with, with working forever, baby. What was the other game you played in it? Oh, yeah, it was uh, I beat Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Oh, let's go. Wow. Yeah. Where where were you the last time we talked? I was just right before you fight Alma for the second time. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're pretty close, right? That's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly just bosses from that point on. Yeah. 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 So beat her, made it through. And, you know, I really enjoyed this game, but the last mm-hmm. section <laughs> was frustrating. Yeah. I know what part you're talking Not about. Not from a, this is too difficult standpoint, but from a, yeah. this is just too much standpoint. Yeah. It's kind of tedious and like punishing in a way that kind of sucks. It's tedious and it's punishing. And it's, you know, if you don't like, if you, if you don't have enough healing, you just don't have enough healing. There's no way to get any more. <laughs> So yeah. it's like either you learn how to do this perfectly or you go back to an earlier save, go out, yeah, farm some farm some essence, get mm-hmm. some more healing and then go back. So that's what I had to do because I fought what's his face? I fought Mar- Marbus? Marbus, I think is Mar- the devil's name, the demon's name that you go and visit. Oh yeah, it, Dr. Michael like Marbus. <laughs> Dr. Michael Mar- Marbius. Mar- <laughs> My, it's just me, Dr. Michael Marbius. Marbus. Um, where you like fight some fiends, then fight a mini boss, fight some fiends, fight the mini boss, fight some fiends, then yes. fight him. Yeah. I had, I think, two healing for that. Mm, and I could, get through, I could get through to him. But then once mm-hmm. it got to him, it was like I could I could see myself getting there, but having to go yeah. through all of everything else first was just yeah. too frustrating to deal with for sure so i'm just like if i could just like pop back into the boss i feel like i could do this for sure but it's driving me nuts so i had to go back through all those fish those damn phantom fish (laughs) that's what i'm saying dude the fish fucked me up the fish fucked me up man i had to use so much ninpo on them yeah you got to use the one where like the The fire wheels fly around otherwise you're done otherwise you're done (laughs) had to go all the way back down there go out to the city go into the shop buy some stuff go back also fighting enemies that spawn on the way so i mean it's still like still the game is it's just so much fun to play like the actual gameplay Yeah. yeah but this part and then also the end the very ending part where after you beat this you can go and save again and then go and fight the main boss it's like yeah like who who is able to do that if they just have one <laughs> elixir you know yeah it, i don't know and then go through another three bosses of like the main bosses that's what it was yeah. and then if you beat the first two mini bosses and then get to the next save point mm-hmm. there's no way to get any more healing from there so if you have like <laughs> one healing and then you go and fight the last boss in the game you have to go through this whole entire really somewhat janky platforming section to actually get mm-hmm. out of there which takes a while it's tedious yeah um yeah. and then you can go and fight him and the boss fight's fun but yeah they sure are when i die because i have can't get any more healing and then yeah, I have to go yeah. through this <laughs> platforming section again. Uh, it makes me go a little crazy. Yeah. So I ended up just booting back up from an earlier save, <laughs> beating the yep. first two bosses again, and then going up and doing it. Ugh. I was like, "There's, there's got to be a better way to do this. Just give me, give me a little, a little homie to buy stuff from. Yeah. Somewhere, just so I don't have to go back. It, it felt like a decision out of time for sure. Like it felt like the, the end of any Mega Man game where you have to fight every fucking boss again. And you're like, it doesn't really have to be this way 
<laughs> like, yeah. Why is the difficulty ratcheted up so much right at the end here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definite, um, definite uh, difficulty spike at the end there. And like, I, I don't know. I'm mixed on whether or not I think like throwing more dudes at you is a good stand-in for difficulty. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it is. I, f- I feel like a lot of the times when I point to or I, I find good examples of difficulty in games, it's like not just more it's like different yeah you know like melania was hard in elder or in elden ring because like she's very different than the rest of the game but she's still manageable like if you mm-hmm. just learn her patterns it's still something you can do versus like we're just gonna throw a hundred dudes at you and then three bosses like yeah i don't know if that's a good stand-in for like really good difficulty yeah it's just it was it was too much yeah and at least if you're gonna do that that's fine but give me the chance to buy yes some yeah. more healing at some point or like earn yeah. it you know yeah for sure because i don't want to have to go all the way back because like i played that volcano uh <laughs> platforming segment so many times yeah so many times and there'll still be some times where i just like i'll do the wrong input and be i'd fall off <laughs> yeah and then you know the next two times that i actually get through to the boss they're not going to go well because i'm still going to be upset about the time that i fell into the lava yeah you're already (laughs) tilted it's true so yeah that that game pushed me this weekend but you did it but i did it and it's still a fun game yeah i still still really enjoyed it the combat is so good the combat's just so good it's it's wild that they were able to do that so early on in like the I guess like third person action genre. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it feels shocking that it's that good that early. It's not perfect, but it is really, really good still. Yeah. Not perfect, but quite good. I still think it's a really good game. I still think it's worth a play for pretty much anybody. Just be prepared in that last segment there to be just stocked to the gills <laughs> to make it through. Yeah. David. Yes. Do you have something fueling your sense of optimism this week? I do. Chase. What is it? It's short games. Short games, hell yeah, absolutely. I'm totally in agreement with I you. Like a good short game, like yeah, Turnip Boy, mm-hmm. like just a couple hours over the weekend. It's great. Yeah, had the full experience, felt fun, memorable, interesting. Not everything has to be a hundred hours. Guys. No, no, it had some good beats. Yeah, it was, it was great. A little bite size, a little snack game, a little bite size. Yeah bite-sized guy i feel like you can still say a lot in a short little package you know i feel like they said quite a bit in that game it's 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 always good i i totally agree that like if it like if a game knows that it needs to be short just like be be a short game yeah that's okay yeah you know own it mm-hmm. and i it, i think it is kind of helpful that like indie games exist where like the pricing doesn't have to be 60 dollars. so that like if a game is like five hours or something like paying 20 bucks feels like a lot more of a better or an easier uh value proposition for that Mm -hmm. that's not to say like you know short games aren't worth it because i played you know i think chicory was pretty short i would have paid a hundred dollars for chicory like that game is incredible Uh, it was just so good or like hollow knight or something Mm. hollow knight's been like 10 or 20 dollars forever which is like the weirdest price point for that game because it is so long and so value in gaming for real so like it's you know i feel like pricing is a very personal experience for like how that translates to value for you but still like it is kind of nice when it's like okay this game is short and so i don't have to you know cough up quite as much money for it Mm -hmm. but i still really i really enjoy those celeste is another one i feel like the game was not very long but like no if if you're not doing all the Mm -hmm. b-sides got to the b-sides still pretty short it's a good one Mm -hmm. um can i tell you about my optimistic thing of the week dave please it's replaying a video game oh cool not something i do particularly often Same. i will say i feel like a lot of the times if i'm replaying a game it is specifically for the show now mm. um or <laughs> because it's like been long enough that i don't necessarily remember it all and i think that's yeah. the case for both of these games but like 
Resident Evil 2 was fairly recent. I remember playing that very recently. So it uh, it doesn't feel like, you know, it, everything has changed since then. But it is interesting with the context of Resident Evil 1. Mm-hmm. So hot on my plate. So, so hot. <laughs> Steaming pile. Steaming pile of Resident Evil 1. Ew. <laughs> ew. So, it's brains. It's brains. So yeah, I like, like I said, I don't always replay games. So it is really fun to go back and like do something that I like know that I enjoyed at some point mm-hmm. and you know see see how it lands on me now especially if it's been yeah. such a different time mm-hmm. for I don't know why this was the case but I was listening to a lot of Limp Biscuits results may vary when I played through Resident Evil 1 interesting yeah which I you know not I would say doesn't didn't age as well as Resident Evil. Were one. you a biscuit boy? There was a little time where I was a biscuit boy. Yes, real, real smelly time for me personally. It happens. It, it happens. happens. <laughs> Saying that like it's a car crash. Oh man, it happens, it happens to the best of us. Just uh, gotta go out and just gotta get a new Fender, baby. I was a big fan of the uh, Red Light Green Light track on on that one, featuring Snoop Dogg. Oh wow, yeah. that's, that's a big pull for kind them. of kind of a get for Limp Bizkit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really, really transported me to another place when I was playing through the first one. Of like, what was I? What was I doing? Why? Why was this what I was doing at the time? I think I was listening to it on a Walkman too. Oh, which was pretty sick! Wow, like it, like it's the CD player, not the like digital MP3 yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got you. I li- had like a big bulky Walkman. It's one of those mm-hmm. ones that was like anti-skip. So you like if you jostled it around, it wouldn't like get get all skippy. It's a strong boy. It's a strong boy, so that I can like. You know, mosh in my bedroom to to results may vary, and they wouldn't wouldn't skip a beat. Still could hear those beautiful Did you have a little limp over your pants. I think I just shoved it in my jeans wholesale because like jeans at the time were big, mm-hmm. so, so their pockets were sizable. Walkman was pretty great. But what a man! It's a bizarre way to listen to music, though. CDs or a Walkman? I th- anything that's not just a square that I put in my pocket feels like a pretty weird way to listen to music. <laughs> Like I'm carrying you're, around you're a, a fucking fully CD. modern man now. Yeah, like I know it's not the same thing, but imagine like carrying a portable record player and like just putting headphones into that. It's so weird. I mean, remember when you go on vacation as a kid, you had to bring your Game Boy. You yeah. had to bring your CDs and your CD player. You had to bring yeah. books. You had to bring all these big bulky things. I would have to bring around Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water, the 2000 Limp Bizkit album. Hot Dog Flavored Water? Yeah, man. It's, it's supposed to be gross. It's Limp Bizkit. Oh, He's nasty. Man. He's just a nasty man. <laughs> He's the original Nastiman. That music is not very good anymore. I don't, I don't love Limp Bizkit. Was it good to be begin with uh, i mean listen 10 year old 12 year old me way into it <laughs> but not a man grown i don't think a man grown should be listening to eat you alive hmm. the the title track off or not the title track but the I, i'd say main single offers ultimate berry other than behind blue eyes of course it currently has 300 million views what? on spotify so like still kind of a popular song it looks like did he does he have blue eyes is that why he did it i think he does Looking at Fred Durst in the year 2022 is a pretty weird experience. <laughs> he just, he looks like the year 2002. Physically looks like it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Dave, do you want to move on to our main thing? I'm sorry. I'm just in the Durst hole now. <laughs> oh, no. Do we dare uh, title this episode the Durst hole? 
I'm so scared of that. It will go along with our butt rock stuff we've been doing. Why are we in a butt rock era? What is going this on? This is our butt rock phase, dude. We just had to, we, it had to get eventually. We just got to get it out. We just got to get it straight out the dirt <laughs> hole. Oh my then God. We'll be good. It's such an assault on the senses. It's bad. It might be worse than Limp Biscuit. Durst hole. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Limp Biscuit at least like rolls off the tongue. There's a lot of, like, of hard stops in Durst yeah. hole. Durst hole. <laughs> Maybe if we just like don't type it out directly, like we spell it weird. Mm. D E R S T H U L, Durst hole. We can still get people to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, they won't just immediately <laughs> unsubscribe. <laughs> we could put some umlauts in there too. <laughs> Christ, I'm sorry, listeners for for when they read the the title and they're like, I wonder what that means. And Are then we an catfishing hour in, our listeners with the with the title of the episode? Is that what's of, happening? Yeah. Like, oh, I wonder what cool new character I'm going to get out of video game podimism this week. <laughs> just kidding. It's just Durst Hole. It's just Durst Hole. Sorry. It's not Commander Durstel, a different guy. For the people that bought you, brought you Chet the Rat comes the Durst Hole. <laughs> oh, it's rancid. Let's move on to our main thing, David. Let's, yeah, let's do that. Hey, David, it's Good Games. <laughs> hey, how's it going? It, it's the segment where we talk about the OKS games for yesteryear and gush all the things that we love about them. Mm-hmm. We have another user, user, listener suggestion. User suggests some sort of addiction. User suggestion. <laughs> um, oh, could you fix this bug, please? <laughs> your podcast has a couple of bugs in it. It's too stinky. Too stinky. <laughs> too many <laughs> talks about bones and durst. Oh, too many durst holes. Too many durst holes in this one. We uh, got a suggestion from listener Chet. Thank you, Chet, for suggesting iNinja. This one came out for a lot of stuff, but I originally played it on GameCube. Did you play this when it came out? I did not play this one when it came out. Cool. Nice. It's a bizarre game. It's strange. It's, yeah. it's weird to kind of put a finger on its pulse. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. What makes this game go? Why, why, why is this game? At the same time, there are parts of it that are like sublime. So I... <laughs> I am mm-hmm. interested in talking about that. Yeah. Can I hit you with a few hot stats about it, though, David? Yeah, hit me. Hot stats. Hot stats. So, iNinja came out September 9th of 2003. Uh, so, just uh, one one simple year after Resident Evil 1, uh, the remake. Wow. Uh, came out for a bunch of stuff. GameCube, PS2. It was like a cross-platform release. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it may have come out for Xbox as well. This was made by Argonaut Games, which uh, you will remember also made Buck Bumble. No shit. This is, these are the Buck Boys. These are, the Buck Boys are back at it. The Buck Boys are back at it. They uh, also, of course, made Croc and the Legend of the Gabos, uh, <laughs> Bionicle, and uh, I believe they were involved somehow with Star Fox for SNES. I don't exactly know what their role was. The Legend of the Gabos is <laughs> yeah. maybe one of the best subtitles. Yeah, it's really good, right? <laughs> Conjures a lot of really fun imagery. It does. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they made those games. Uh, David, I do have a review from Die Hard Game Fan. Whoa, okay. Of, uh, of iNinja. I, listen, I did find a review from Joe Video for this one uh-huh wasn't very spicy oh i ran it through translate a uh, google translate a bunch of times which is normally what i do to fuck up these reviews real good and when it came out the other end it was just like this game is not too bad i was like what where's all the spice 
Where's the flavor, darling? Maybe you're just feeding Google's AI too much yeah. of your video and they're getting yeah. really good at, at deciphering it. <laughs> they know what to expect. And so I had to dig into the diehard game fan well to get some some sauce on this one. Uh-huh. So yeah, like I said, I, I ran this one through Google Translate a bunch of times through the Strait of Esperanto, of course, back out into English. Uh, it was originally in English as well, but uh, back out into English uh, to just get, you know, an artist's interpretation of the review. Um, so with that, here's what diehard game fan had to say. All ninja win. A great ninja game, but still funny. If you rent a house, I don't know to buy it because the game is as flawed as the music. When you hack a game and a ninja swims in a pool of human blood, there's nothing you can do about it. So basically you can spend the weekend. If you rent on a Sunday, you'll be full and have $35 to spend on something else. When you teach kids how to open their stomachs in math class, it's like rat poison. The numbers are on fire. Troll ninja game. And they gave this one a 6 out of 10. Kind of a macabre review, this one. the hell was that? (laughs) They open up their stomachs in math class and it's like rat poison? (laughs) Is that what it said? That's what it said. That's that's the text right here. What the hell? What happened? I think this all sort of thematically fits together with the Durst hole, if we're being honest with ourselves. <laughs> we, this we episode is officially cursed. Sponsored by Fred himself. This, this podcast is officially Durst. <laughs> Durst is good. I like that. I'm going to put a Durst on you. Uh, uh, just real quick, I do have the actual review, and it does say that line is like rat poison for when you teach small children to commit seppuku in their math class. Math sucks. Ninjas rule. <laughs> wow. Dude, what is happening? So actually here? not a bad interpretation. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it, it is mirrored in the Google Translate lens. Huh. Why Pretty was wild. that the way that they wanted to write the review? I have no idea. I get sort of weird vibes from diehard game fan. Hey, David, what's I Ninja? Out. <laughs> <laughs> what's I Ninja? I Ninja is a third person action where you play as a little chibi ninja, I guess you could say. Small body, big head. Small body, big head, yeah. And you go around in semi-open worlds. There's like a hub world and you can go to different missions. Mm-hmm. And you just go through slicing people up uh, using your little chain hook to, to jump around, uh, traversing the environment pretty vertically sometimes. Yeah. They have a little mm-hmm. half pipe game you can do. Yep. But yeah, it's fun. It's an interesting game. Yeah, feels very of that era of like going through like very linear levels in like sort of straightforward fashion and then coming back to a hub world to like do other shit, right? Mm-hmm. Feels kind of Mario 64-ish. I think more appropriately kind of like Spyro is what what it feels a lot like. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it. We'll say at the top Billy West voices uh or is that his name? Fry? Fry. Yes. Uh, is the main voice of... Uh, He's the ninja? He's the ninja. Yeah, Billy West. Wow. Um, both both Fry and uh, Stimpy and Zoidberg, Zap, Bugs Bunny at times, and Doug, I believe, as well. He's Zoidberg? I think so. I think All he does a shit. others I could see, but Zoidberg out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it says he does... Uh, yeah, Philip, Philip J. Fry, Professor Farnsworth, Dr. Zoidberg, and Zap Brannigan. A lot of, lot of voices. Damn, dude is 70 years old. That is wild. Billy West is 70? Yeah. Damn. So yeah, that's that's sort of... If, if you know anything about that sort of voice styling, you can kind of get the tone of what iNinja ends up being. It's like very yeah. 90s cartoony sort 90s of... 90s cartoon humor. 
as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the person you're playing who's, I think name is just Ninja. Yeah. He like in the very opening scene accidentally kills his sensei. Yeah. And he's <laughs> Gary kind of flippant about it. He's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and like is just sort of stoked to find more of those orbs that made him go like berserk and kill his sensei the game is is on something in the beginning it's very yeah. fast-paced yeah. very kind of in your face when it's presenting all this information it's like you barely have time to get ready to play it and it's just already <laughs> ninja has killed like six people and his master yeah. and you're just like what is happening it feels like a like a breakfast cereal cartoon or like <laughs> yes, commercial or yeah. something like that like commercial for gushers or something yeah <laughs> something that's supposed to be like high energy has sugar yeah that's true yeah the the tone is pretty weird initially i will say like it was kind of a punch in the face of like what is going on in this video game yeah yeah like you said very of the time yeah um, just in your face energy uh but yeah he actually kills his master and then is just going on this journey to find those stones that made him go nuts and kill him i'm guessing destroy them put them away hide them something there's like some big bad guy that they sort of refer to in the beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like all of the setup for the game is just the like the game designers looking at the camera and saying like, let's let's just play the game, huh? Like, mm -hmm. you, you're ready to play this video game, right? We don't need to do all this. Yeah, they're just like, let's just get into this. Don't think too much. <laughs> Which, uh, honestly, I'm appreciative of because some parts of this game are, as I suggested, kind of really good. Hmm. If we're getting into the gushing part of this game. I thought the like the platforming and the traversal was so good. Yeah. Like you start getting they, they throw a bunch of different abilities at you at the beginning, but they all start to come together in a way that like is really satisfying. Mm -hmm. You get like it, it's just like initially just a jump and a double jump. Great. OK, normal platformer. This could be Spyro or, mm -hmm. you know, Crash Bandicoot or something. And then they're like, OK, you can also run on walls cool great uh you can also jump off of walls phenomenal mm -hmm. um you can if you're jumping off something high spin your sword to kind of do like a little helicopter so you can go farther great mm -hmm. uh and then it's like you also have like a hook shot so you can start swinging over gaps mm -hmm. and you can start grinding on rails yeah. and doing like a ninja warrior style thing where you like run up a wall and come back down real fast to reach new heights yeah the half pipe and uh those other sections where you're like running down like a roller coaster and you have to use your hook shot to like pull yourself around mm -hmm. while you're running so good i love that it felt like they were very inspired by tony hawk yeah in like in a, a way, way that that didn't feel derivative but still felt like we want to make you feel like you're like riding a roller coaster at some points mm -hmm. it's really good i think that stuff is really cool i was not expecting like it to feel that good because mm -hmm. it's all like incredibly snappy your like hook shot comes out almost immediately you don't have to like aim it at the the hook or whatever yeah, you just sort aim. of press a button and it's like connected immediately the uh all the jumping feels really like tight and good yeah so like the the platforming feels like really really good in a way that i was not expecting because i think the the combat feels kind of boilerplate in a lot of ways and like yeah not, the combat is pretty straightforward yeah like straightforward and like i don't always have like a lot of fun getting into the combat mm -hmm. it almost makes me wish this game was just platforming um because like yeah I don't know that I need the combat here. It's really fun to roll around in this game. Yeah, I definitely felt like the traversal was the fun part. The movement was the fun part. And yeah. the combat was just kind of 
in there. Like if I saw one of those little <laughs> orbs that shoots people out, I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Got to make it through um, this. Just like I was, I was find, found myself just trying to do it as fast as possible so we could get back yeah. to the jumping. Same. Yeah. Like the, the jumping is really good. Almost, a lot of the levels culminate in this area too, where it like almost turns into super monkey ball for a second. Yeah. Where you're like, the eye. <laughs> yeah. You're riding on like this orb and sometimes it's just like kind of a downhill slalom sort of thing where you're mm-hmm. like, writing down like a half pipe or something to like get to the end other times the like second level that i had played through it's like there are parts that are like sort of downhill and you're going really quickly but mm-hmm. you also had to like balance on this tiny little like beam to get across the level yeah those parts which were tough it was hard but i th- I was still having kind of a good time doing it mm-hmm. so like i i really liked just the sheer amount of like platforming and like mechanics that they are throwing at it um i thought all of them were like kind of ahead of their time as far as how good they felt mm-hmm. yeah it was it was surprising i i'd played this at the time and don't really remember that part of it being like outstanding so it it was interesting to come back to it and be like i don't i I didn't remember this but it's pretty fucking good yeah what is your recollection of the game when you played it as a kid i remember being impressed with the combat and specifically the way that like the enemies would respond if you like hit them in a weird way like Mm. sometimes you can just like cut dudes in half and like yeah if you do that like jumping attack (laughs) yeah and like that's it it feels very of its time to be like hyper violent without really like being violent because like the dudes just like are green inside and like they're not really like real people at all yeah Yeah, like it's not that big of a deal and i remember that being like really cool and like kind of edgy and like ah yeah i'm using a sword i think like for a long time it was interesting whenever games made enemies respond when you like got them in a specific way Mm -hmm. i remember like any star wars game i was always like is this gonna be the one where i can cut the arms off of droids yet and like eventually it did get there but like for a little while specifically it was like, arms off droids huh yeah because like i knew they weren't gonna let me do that to people and like i didn't really want to but i could definitely roll up on like a droidica and would love to like slice them and destroy your droids cool. chase albie <laughs> yeah um because like it just feels like jedi should just be able to like wipe droids out you know yeah like just totally fuck them up because all agree. they got all they got is lasers you're just a laser a laser man mm-hmm. a laser bot anyway so i yeah i remember the combat being fun and like unfortunately enough i did think the tone was pretty funny at the time hey it's it's for kids that's fine <laughs> yeah i like i was i was a big red and stimpy guy so like this this kind of humor i think was like up my alley of mm-hmm. like the the main guy's kind of a scamp and like doesn't really care and he <laughs> he's very he's, scampy yeah real scamp kind of guy and it's just like he's got an attitude he yeah, is yeah, the, yeah. the dreamworks face yeah a little i will say almost a little more aggressive than the dreamworks face it's not just yeah. like i'm gonna cock my eyebrows but also like i love just going berserk and fighting these people yeah you know? but like actually backing it up yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's interesting um but yeah yeah i I did think it was funny at the time, and I don't think that carried me through super far in this game. I must have rented it um, because it I, I got farther in it than I remember getting to in the uh-huh. first round or the first time I played it. You know, I, I must not have gotten very far at all. It's also like kind of hard in points. So like it does get has some difficulty spikes sometimes. Yeah, I definitely died on like the very first level in the combat. So like it it is hard in places. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's I, I def it. I definitely took away different stuff this time than good. than the first time I was playing it. What was what was your take on this game? I did enjoy the the traversal, uh-huh. but that was that was probably the only thing I really enjoyed personally. Mm. Like I thought the story was not a little off for me. Yeah. The the like very intense 
energy of the main mm-hmm. character i'm like i don't know if i can handle this this is a lot for me like i'm just yeah. trying to chill right now and this guy's like the opposite of chill he is the poster child for no chill yeah that's true um, especially if you had your ear infection while you're playing this this would be kind of an assault it was a little bit of an assault a little bit of an assault <laughs> so there's that aspect to it i thought the graphics were good enough found that the like you said that the actual combat itself is pretty bare bones i didn't like the music either personally i don't remember any of it (laughs) it was a strange it was a strange uh like electro beat weird let me yeah let me me pull up a little bit of this a strange choice for for this game i thought let's try uh i ninja one is the name of this track starting Uh from the top yeah i get what you're saying felt a little too like future techno to mm. me. i don't know that's just me that's just sure. me baby yeah are you vibing to it uh i i don't know it's okay i like i wouldn't say that that's like outstanding by any measure it feels very spyro like a lot of this music feels like it's straight out of a spyro game to me hmm. just in kind of the vibe that it's setting so like i wouldn't say that's offensive to my ears by any measure but like you know, it's it's not doing a lot for me. I wouldn't say offensive either, but yeah. it, it didn't seem to me like they made me want to do ninja stuff. I don't know. Does that make yeah. sense? <laughs> I, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's it's not like fitting the mood that the game seems to be putting out otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I think the vibe of this game, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not for the vibe. <laughs> like I enjoy yeah. the traversal. The combat is whatever, but the vibe yeah. it's trying to invoke in me. I'm, I feel, I feel my body rejecting it for one reason or another. Yeah. I don't feel this this way often. It's interesting because I don't like, I sort of just, it, it washes over me, the vibe of this game Mm. in a way that like, I I don't really notice it outside of everything else. I mean, you did listen to Limp Bizkit as a kid. It is true. It's a, it's a knock against me for my ability to judge you again. (laughs) It's full blown Durst. (laughs) No, but no, I see that it's, it's very it seems like a very weird nitpick for me, but I can see how it's it's just trying to very be much in the background, but for some yeah. reason I can't ignore it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I could see how that would be distracting in a way. Mm-hmm. Like if if it's something that's not really driving for you, how it could be like, I, it's hard for me to not hear this or whatever. Yeah. Or just not enjoy how it's culminating, right? Mm-hmm. I think just like it... I never, I didn't really take notice of it that hard. Yeah. Um, and so it must just not have like caught my ear or my eye as much. Mm-hmm. My eye ninja as much. <laughs> also yes. sort of sort of a bizarre title it's so early 2000s to just put an i in front of something and call it good i mean thanks steve jobs for that one i think this was pre-iphone is it it wasn't pre-ipod but but i was about to say ipod imac that was already a thing wasn't it i ninja um yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure ipods were out before then so i remember ipods in middle school i will say it's pretty hard to ignore the fact that like all of the characters voicing these characters are white guys mm. like it's pretty bizarre to make a, a ninja game and just have it be like you know white guys ninjas it's of the time unfortunately but yeah i agree it, it's it's hard for me to like not see that Mm -hmm. and like i think that that sucks like it's it's very much using the imagery of ninjas as like the selling point yeah and like you know we're we're gonna hire like the whitest dudes just nothing but scarlett johansson's to play the ninjas here (laughs) (laughs) only scar joes only scar joes please Mm -hmm. final destination scar joes only (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's it it felt off to me. It's not like in my face as much as like when we were playing Gex that that was like quite as much of a painful experience. But like it it's definitely present. Of mm. like, this doesn't, it doesn't feel great. Yeah. I was okay. worried it was going to be like a lot worse than it is. Like the, the appropriation portion of it? The, the appropriation, I was scared it was just going to be like awful racist shit coming sure. in here. And it's like, you know, it's not, it, of, of the offenses, that is not at the top of the list. True. Very true. Yeah, they don't lean into it very much. As much as I was scared. Again, I didn't yeah. beat this game, so like... Uh, hopefully there's not some end game cutscene that's just like so terrible but like mm. it wasn't something that like punched me in the face when i got in there yeah absolutely, absolutely. as much as as much as gex did <laughs> haunts my dreams it does haunt it does haunt my dreams too gex is always here how does this compare to like other platformers of the time do you feel like would you say it was 2004 uh, 2003 so like 2003. you know I'd, I'd compare this against like sly cooper and ratchet and clank jack and daxter that sort of shit well i mean in, in my opinion, it's not up to the standards of those other ones. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I could see how it's trying to do its own thing, like trying to kind of be the Sonic of this age where it's like, oh, this is going to be very fast paced. It's going to be a lot of yeah. running around and running along things. Yeah, um, there's gonna be a lot of speed. Um, and I do like the variety of gameplay. I like the little mm-hmm. monkey ball segments that that definitely reminds me of like a Sly, Sly Cooper. Yeah, for especially sure. like Sly 3 had so many different game mechanics in it going <laughs> yeah. on, which is awesome. But yeah to me i don't think it i think it's definitely in a tier below of the other kind of uh flag bearers of this time of action platformer which was probably the hot genre at the time that this was released yeah i was just gonna say like it's kind of tough because it's going up against like one of the more popular genres of that era Mm -hmm. there was a lot of good platformers (laughs) at the time and even when you compare it against like you know the the generation before i think it's you know if i'm playing this i do think it's a little bit tighter than like the first crash bandicoot sure i played that one recently and was like oh boy this is kind of rough like it is punishingly difficult yeah it's a hard game yeah in a way that like didn't didn't feel very fun to go through and so like i think it is firing on those cylinders but um the the industry is just moving so fast with like you know sly cooper felt incredible by the end of that series you know like just doing so much cool shit um and even in the first one was doing really cool stuff with like you know the the game design choices around like platforming and like how you would actually like attach to platforms like i remember very vividly playing through that and i think you just like when you jump you can press circle to just like land on something mm-hmm. and like that just felt so nice to not have to like yeah jankle jankily land on something and like <laughs> fuck up the jump and so like i i think parts of this are, are hitting that like you were saying it does feel in a way like a sonic game where it's trying to communicate a lot of speed and i think in moments it does that really well mm-hmm. where you're just like flying through a level and i, I sort of wish that they leaned into that a little bit harder because like i really like that part of it like i said the the parts where you are running down a ramp and you use your hook shot to attach to something to the left of you and you spin around a circle come around the other end and then have to like wall run mm-hmm. and like hover at the end of that like that feels really good yeah you know in a way that like you know modern stuff does too it reminds me of mirror's edge it reminds me of ghost runner i think is the name of that game the mm-hmm. like one yeah. from a year yeah, or two yeah. ago in in ways that's really cool and and even the other games weren't doing that right like Ratchet and Clank didn't necessarily do that. Uh, Maybe Sly did some of it, but like, you know, Jack and Daxter didn't either. They were doing very different ideas. And so Mm -hmm. it's sort of a shame that we didn't get a second one because like, man, I would have loved to see how they iterate on this. Uh, It would have been interesting. Yeah, there's really good stuff in here. You know, even if the the tone didn't necessarily land with you, I do think the the platforming is like pretty, pretty good 
it, for in this honestly game. i just wanted more platforming yeah it, like i said if that was the whole game i would have been like i probably still would be playing it yeah and instead of slashing enemies you could like slash things out of your way sure yeah like your route whatever it is mm -hmm. it's interesting i i liked playing through this one it definitely like have wanted to play this one for a little while so it was nice that chet suggested it because i was like oh great a, a reason to go back and check this one out because mm -hmm. i feel like even when i was younger i was still kind of mixed on it but had like recognized like there's something happening in here Mm -hmm. there's a there's some part of a cool game here there is yeah yeah it's it's definitely there yeah it's the platforming <laughs> <laughs> yes platforming yes. is good <laughs> yep cool all right well uh do you have anything else to say about i ninja david no i think that's it i think that's it too i i like this game i thought it was fun it was good it was fun. It was good it was yeah. fun it was, it was <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can go so far to say good, but I can say it was fine. It's good games, David. It's the segment. It was. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I'll give it's, you a good it's a good game. <laughs> it's a good game. Cool. Also, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff, for suggesting this one. Appreciate you. Nice uh, suggestion. Nice suggestion. That's that's an interesting one. <laughs> I don't know if that quite works, but I'm, I'm, I'm on board it's for it. It's close enough. It's close yeah, enough. It's, it's close enough. Hello, everybody. And also, hello, David. Welcome to the outro. I'm here. <laughs> Back. Couple of things. One, if you want to uh, listen to the show or talk to us on Twitter or email us, any of that shit, uh, you can do that at podtimism.com. You can go, it's it's where you can uh, find if we've talked about a, a game already, you can suggest a game there in our easy little suggestion box. It's easy to do. Uh, thank you to people who are still doing that, still getting suggestions in. So um, thank you for making our lives easier by telling us what we can or should play it's very good it's also heartwarming i just like seeing what people are like this is the game that i would do mm -hmm. if i was gonna do an episode yeah no it is it is always fun to see uh so yeah that's that's where you can go if you need to get any of our, our links or our stuff if you want to help the show you can do a number of things one you can review it on your podcatcher of choice one of those is apple itunes another one spotify you know i haven't really been checking the other outlets i will say so if you're out there leaving reviews on Stitcher, I'm I'm not seeing that one. But uh, mm -hmm. um, the other ones are uh, the the more prominent review outlets. Um, thanks to people who are doing that. Again, like I said, I I see the, the like numbered reviews come through every now and then. So like appreciate you. It helps. It's nice. The other thing you can do if you want to help the show is uh, tell a buddy about it. <laughs> tell a buddy. Tell a buddy. Uh, you, in your, of course, weekly discussions about what podcast anybody's listening to, you can be like, hey, if you're into like cool, nice, nice vibes and like just having a good time and like not being uh, an online gamer about video games, then like, how about this one? How about this podcast? If you're not an online gamer. <laughs> Yeah, if you're just like a normal, regular gamer uh, who like doesn't hate the medium for whatever reason, then like maybe this podcast is a good choice for you. Again, mm -hmm. seeing I, I see people do that online, so like appreciate you. Thank you. Also, just real quick, a solid scout out of the week. The solid scout. The solid scout out. She's doing great work. Can't stop her. Won't stop her. That's just the truth. <laughs> she made our podcast art, I guess I should say. <laughs> yes, that too. Um <laughs> that too that, this was just a personal scout out unrelated yeah, to <laughs> everyone everyone shut up and do my scout out just for scout <laughs> has nothing to do with our, our podcast yeah. no it does she made it and it's phenomenal also she's doing a uh, sword timber right now uh sword so she's just drawing cool swords every every day scout produces a new cool sword so if you're interested Whoa. go on twitter and follow humble goat because she's doing it there and it's very good i do love me a good sword i think she drew 
Woodrow Wilson as a sword the other day, which I really enjoy. Woodrow Will sword? Yes. <laughs> I think that was the portmanteau. It looks like old Wood Woodrow wasn't in the main thread, but she's got a number of very cool swords. Mm, okay. I was a big fan of the uh, water sword that she drew. Looks Ooh. cool as hell. Awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, don't, I don't even, you know, I don't think your commissions are open. Just go follow her on Twitter. She's doing cool shit. Mm -hmm. That's, that's that thing. Also the, the final person we would like to thank this week is you listener. <laughs> I appreciate you being here. I always, uh, love seeing people listen to it. love hearing from people about it. Uh, oh my God. What, what was this the other day? Uh, listener henna the other day chimed in and said vgp is my monday dinner cooking show and thanks for getting me to cook at least once a week i've Ooh. been thinking about that daily that is my so goodness. nice that is so nice that's awesome i love that's that that's so good me too i hope you're making a great dinner yeah me too i bet it's i bet it's delicious mm. maybe maybe not this specific episode because yeah the whole, we're really sorry about all the, the presence of fred in this one <laughs> All the, all the nasty talk of Fred Durst in this one. Yeah. Apologize about that. Hope, hope the pasta's okay. <laughs> it's it's dinner cooking, not dinner eating. So hopefully we're good. I really appreciate whenever like people talk about it or like chime in with that sort of stuff because it means a great deal. So uh, yeah. Thank, thanks, everybody. Thank mm -hmm. you for listening. Thank you for talking about it. Appreciate you. That's just it. That's all. Mm -hmm. You feel me? <laughs> I feel you. Do you have any gaming wisdom, David? Yeah. What yeah, is it? I do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes... You're not going to feel the vibes. Yeah, sure. Sometimes you're, they're, you're maybe you maybe you see what they are. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't feel them at all. Yeah. But then it just don't vibe with you. Yeah. That's okay. It's that okay, okay to not have something vibe with you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it's bad. Just mean it ain't for you. That's true. That's, that's really true. And you know, like, uh, even when you do teach the kids to open their stomachs in math class, like, it's not always rat poison. So, like, <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> it makes sense that you might not be into that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot more sense than be not being into the vibe of i ninja uh but yeah yeah i think that's more of a universal i'm not into this vibe hopefully for people hopefully hopefully yeah yeah i totally hear you sometimes it's just it's not for you and you know what that's okay here on video game potimism because mm -hmm. we're not we're not going to judge and we're also not going to dunk you know yeah just because it wasn't for you doesn't mean like oh this game is so stupid and bad no i want these games to dunk on me i want to be the one posterized <laughs> It's always what I want from a game. Please dunk on me, game. I'm ready. <laughs> Please dunk on me, game, senpai. Do <laughs> you have any rebuttal to that, Chase? No, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> dunk on me, senpai. Is, sen is, is Fred Durst the senpai in this situation? <laughs> dunk on me, Durst senpai? Dunk on me, Durst pie. Durst pie. Oh, no. Durst pie? <laughs> I have got to climb out of the durst hole, David. This place is terrible. We've, we've been in the durst hole for an hour now. <laughs> they dug too deep and too greedily into durst hole. <laughs> what is the Balrog that comes out of durst hole? It's Fred Durst, man. It's, it's just, just a guy. Himself? It's just him. He climbs out of his own hole? Wow. I mean, that checks out for Fred Durst. Yeah, sure. All right, see you next week, listeners. Bye. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye.